know this. Oh my I god, like wait. You, you you definitely are one for the spotlight. Um, for sure. We've More had a me. lot of like big work meetings recently and like people that don't normally present or talk have had to present and talk. How's this been going? Terrible. Like, Terrible. Some people yeah. have absolutely no ability to hold a conversation or like speak to a large group of people. My and, first question is no, no, keep going and then I'll ask. I'll save my questions. It would surprise you who struggles with this. Yes, can't judge a book by its cover because even though someone seems like totally on top of it, public speaking is not for everyone. Like I, for one, don't like to public speak at all, but I try to push myself out of my comfort zone. But when I have to do it, I'm like, I- I'm mentally preparing myself for like days. I'm like, yeah, let me practice what I'm going to say. I actually did a wellness talk in January and it was like a for my company mm-hmm. and it was virtual all about like wellness and habit change and it was virtual and I got to like so luckily I could like have two things like the zoom like the teams thing and then a little doc with some of my talking points but I was still so nervous and like practice like beforehand like it's you know it's just not for everyone um I did law competitions in high school oh yeah so I not only had to train I had to uh, trained expert I had to public speak and get roasted Mm. and be like "Mm, I don't really (laughs) know about that and like we worked with this one lawyer it was like for the city one and we worked with him and he apparently used to make like a lot of kids cry Mm. and I was like this guy reminds me of my dad I ain't got no problems here I was like keep going let's what what are the questions it's nerve-wracking like it is speaking in front of people yeah well yeah I'm not surprised not everyone did well don't don't it's be so weak. easy to get flustered, man. I'm like sometimes I'm like, just focus on what you need to say. Yeah. Don't try to don't try to don't try to go too like you need to just get your points across. Cause I feel like in meetings, people are like, okay, like how quickly can we get through this meeting? Like sometimes there's like yeah. fluff, but they just want like, you know, the For the point and get through it. Yeah. It's a little they're a little bit less. Yeah. And I feel like you're judged if you can't like eloquently speak about something in a succinct way because everybody has to be a public speaker like what's that about you know yeah i think part of it too is like people don't take a second and think people are so ready to answer that they don't nervousness though that's why you're like yes but also i think like taking a second to answer seems weak Mm. whereas like i learned Mm. when i had to do this law thing like we were we had to like recite case law so you had to remember like the case you used to write down the cases like and their numbers like so and so over so and so rose is a doctor and a lawyer is what we're hearing (laughs) (laughs) i have been a lot of things in my life you have to write down like the case and the people versus the people but that you can only have one index card so you have to memorize the cases and the information that goes with it and the people that are like quizzing you also know that information mm. yeah so, like, you have to be correct that's a lot of fun i love being grilled i i feel like i like being grilled but in like my social life like i can yeah. i like can be on my toes when in you know well in work too but i mean like that's where like my strong suit comes out. Like if I hear someone say something to me, like when I'm like hanging out with friends or someone tries to like say some shit, I'm like, let me fuck with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Let me school you on it. Like when people try to explain things that they truly don't know what they're talking about, especially when it comes to something like related to my culture and they're like just speaking like they know and so confident, but I'm like, actually you're saying things that are wrong and people think that you're right. So I'm just going to like share some knowledge that's when I can like come to life, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
And I, you get plenty of that in New York City sometimes because people think they know everything over here, you know? Everything. Everybody yeah. knows something about something and they know a friend that has gone through that something. And, and I'm they're like, going to tell you about finance it. Finance does not make you a genius. It's actually not that hard to work in finance. You just have to be willing to sell your soul a little bit. Um, somebody was dating somebody that worked in finance and I was like, oh my God, look, this guy's like a VP. That's so crazy. We're so young. How is he a VP? And my other friend was like, actually, all people in, fi in finance are VPs most of the time. Like, that's a thing that they do at, like, large banks. Interesting. She was like, so he's probably entry level. And I was like, oh, I take it all back. Screw that guy. Yeah. And by finance, just to clarify, I mean, like, finance banks. I don't mean, like, finance at a company. Because at a company, it's, you definitely have to know. Yes, yes, yes. Like, but finance. He banks, was, like, a finance person yeah. at, like, a small bank or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was I impressed. I was like, oh, Vice president. Yeah. Speak, speak from experience from all the finance people that I came across at NYU and then went into finance <laughs> jobs. Not to stereotype, but it's just an observation. It's a type. It's, a type. it's definitely not everyone in finances, you know, thinks they know it all, but but it's the majority. Too. Those finance bro <laughs> the finance bros are finance bros, and they have quite a name for themselves because it is such a stereotype. This is true. And they own it and they love it and to each their own. They wear their love little vests with their company logo embroidered on the sh on the little breast. It's like their thing. Is that of like a movie or something? No. Oh, my God. You've never seen the finance bros in like the wild? I mean, I went to school with a lot of them. I guess they do wear like blazers, but. No, I mean like the, the ones that are like basic. working at a company. Like I've passed them like in the lunch commute. They usually, usually have, like, a button-down shirt on, and then they have one of those zip-up, like, Columbia vests. Mm, see, my, and, my lunch days were around Chinatown and stuff and Soho, so just lots of tourists, really. I mean now. I don't mean in college. Like, I mean now as, like, adults. Like No, I meant adults, adults, too. My last job right before this job was in Chinatown, Soho. So there's oh, just, like, tourists. I've been in Midtown there. for too long. This is Maybe a good time to intro episode six. Welcome to episode six. Thank you for coming back. If you're not already following us at Precisely Nowhere on Instagram, do that. Follow us at Precisely Nowhere on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast so that you don't miss a single episode. Yeah, we're on, on Spotify. Spotify. Quick plug for that, just so people actually know. We're on Amazon, Spotify, mm -hmm. iHeartRadio. Google. Google Play and Apple podcasts so all of the options you really have no excuse but to listen pretty much wherever you get your podcasts now that we've officially started the episode what's on the um, docket for today last minute thought before we were recording because i was like trying to finish working and just you know life's hard um just trying to be a functioning productive positive adult I, it's just, it's hard. Like, it's doable, so I'm trying to stay positive. But to be real, it has been so hard, like, the past couple weeks, you know, just to stay positive and work out and, be like, do my job and begin my job and do this podcast. It's been great, but I just, you know. It's really hard to fit it all in. Like, I have a really hard time cooking dinner during the week just because sometimes at the end of the day I'm so mentally exhausted. But I've been trying to, like, my therapist said I need to reframe it in my mind. And, like, my, because I don't, I work remote. 
my cooking dinner is my commute and it's my time to decompress and sit with my thoughts and cook myself dinner and like do something physically active to separate my work day from my rest of my life yeah I like that made it any easier though (laughs) well I think okay so what I hear from that is your cooking is like your commute so if you were doing your commute you wouldn't really be able to work because you'd be underground and you like basically be separating so maybe do you, are you working and cook like maybe you just need to turn your brain off like tell yourself it's time to turn your brain off like you'd have to leave the office and just set like a a boundary or like a time like I've been doing that yeah and I love cooking I really enjoy cooking I do it's a lot to do seven days a week I mean I'm aiming yeah. for five which is That's still a lot. a lot I know but I'm trying to cut down on my ordering in this year because at one point That's I was ordering really good. in. You've been two really to three good. times a day. Thank you. You've been really good. Speaking from someone who's ordered food for the past, I think, like five days, at least one meal. But sometimes I'm strategic and I order from places that I now have larger portions. So you get two meals out of it. So I get two meals out of one. And then I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm really finding some cost efficiency. <laughs> Not actually, but yeah, I feel you. It's It's a lot. It's expensive in the city to order all the time, especially if you're trying to order food and not eating trash. You know, mm-hmm. like I just ordered sweet green and it was like almost $20, I think, for like dinner, which I guess isn't that expensive, but it's, it's expensive more... if you do it every day. Yeah. And more than once a day. Yes. And it's expensive. Like if you compare it to like just cooking pasta and vegetables, you could probably do that for $5 a meal. Definitely. Yeah, and I have that's the thing too. I have stuff in my like cabinet. So it's just the time. I'm like, oh, I could spend 40 minutes, 45 minutes cooking and cleaning, or just order something and then be able to like do something else while I'm waiting for my food. So it's just really yeah, it's a work in progress. Sometimes yeah. something I like to think of to myself when like I'm really struggling with it is we weren't meant to work 40 hours a week and also like sustain ourselves like well, I have, like, a family. So, like, I always think there was supposed to be someone home that, like, did the cleaning during the day, that, like, prepped the yeah. meals, that paid the bills, and did all those things as their 40-hour-a-week job. And then we're then also able to relax after. And there's not anymore. Traditionally, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is very different. Yeah, we're all little worker bees, which is yeah. good and a bad thing. I know. I was. I take it back. I would rather have a chef than a cleaning person <laughs> for those of you who've listened to last week's episode so episode five we talked about cleaning people and tax people and i said i wanted i'd rather have a cleaning person but now i'm like i'd rather have a chef because they could feed me all the meals and then they would just have to worry about like things being like healthy nutritious and stuff it would just take such a burden off me i had a um teacher in high school who came from a wealthy family so she was teaching for fun and it funded the fact that she could have a housekeeper slash cook who would come over twice a week on Mondays and Wednesdays and prep. Well, she would clean her house and then she would prep her dinner for Monday, Tuesday. And on Wednesdays, she would clean and cook dinner for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on the weekends, she would eat out. She also got a manicure twice a week and the lady would come to her house and do her manicure. So <laughs> this sounds nice. I would like to aspire to that too. Probably wouldn't do all of those things she's doing. I would substitute for some other things, but here for the amount of free time and me time that I heard from all of that. 
Life goals. Got out of the episode, she had so much me time. She was sleeping with multiple students. Eesh, and we took a turn. <laughs> Don't need that part of that life. <laughs> I would take the free time for the me time. It would help me clean. No, it wouldn't help me clean because I wouldn't need to clean because somebody would be doing it for me. I would record the podcast. And then I'd also probably take painting back up, knowing I wouldn't have to clean up after myself. Painting? Oh, nice. I was going to say you could also lean in more to your, like, TikToks and stuff, because I know you really like doing that. I could lean into my TikToks, and then I would have a clean house to film my TikToks in. Ooh, I love this. Oh, my gosh. I was watching Targeted Something on Pinterest. And, yeah. Oh, and on Instagram, you know, like, Reels. And, yeah, it was, like just things and I was like wow they're the whole counter space and everything it's a whole like look and aesthetic and it's so clean and they have all these things and I'm like wow we're you know where does one find the time but some people do have the time and you know also passions that they're like want to lean into so yeah you can lean into it not only the time but also the cabinet and countertop space I have one countertop in my entire kitchen (laughs) so like yeah, I can't leave a really cute little appliance out because then that means I have nowhere to cut my vegetables. Not yet, though. We'll get there. As my mother says, the bigger the house you have, the more you need to clean. And she is right. This is true. Speaking of cleaning things, I am still, you know, moving updates. I went through my purses. Mm-hmm. So now I just have all these memories coming back. It's been like just nostalgic reminiscing about all of my memories in New York and like different phases of my life, you know, that I've had that I remember just from like using these bags that are in still really good condition. So I'm going to keep them, but I'm excited to hold on to them and like have a little piece of New York with me when I move to California. Like the bags themselves hold memories. I have to go through mine. The really great thing about going through my clothes and my closet sometimes is I find things I lost. Like, yeah, I lost my house keys for three months and didn't do anything <laughs> about it. Um, put on a jacket and I found them. Nice. Uh, the other day I found a wallet that I lost about. I lost it in October. Uh, found it the other day. Totally blamed my one and a half year old on it. I was like, he's doing <laughs> the garbage. That's I not the only thing he's blamed for. <laughs> just so people know. He doesn't know I don't, who's blamed. Rose just tells people, like, yeah, I think G did something with it. <laughs> because he does, though. Like, he's not being blamed and, like, doesn't throw things out in the garbage. The toilet. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not strong enough to flush the toilet just yet, but maybe throwing things in the toilet because he does, like, sometimes I hear that lid slam and I'm like, oh, my gosh. What went in? What happened here? <laughs> Um, next thing I'm hoping turns up, since we've had such success with my keys and wallet, I lost my three wedding bands. I remember this one. <laughs> Those are still like a, oh, oh no. missing. Oh no, poor Rose. Yeah. Those those will probably turn up. Everyone, everyone has been like, yeah, those will turn up. I really hope so, because like I lost them in the beginning of December. It's been a good four months at this point. Those will definitely turn out. You guys will like move some furniture around or something or and then it'll just like fall out. I believe. I'm about to replace the cabinet that I'm very sure I took them off and put them on. So I, I feel like they just like fell through the top of the cabinet. Like it's a solid yeah. piece of wood, but they just fell into the cabinet somehow. And as I clean it out and get a new one, 
I will find them. I believe in it. You'll find them. I lost my part of my uh, charger to my iPhone today. I like had yanked it from this thing, like, and then I was missing for 25 minutes. Then I found it in my bed. I had already made my bed, so I really didn't want to like unmake it. And it was like in like the sheet, like, oh, it's just, yeah, same in like the middle of the bed somehow. I don't know how it flew in there because my bed wasn't made yet. And I was like, oh, it's like lost. And then I found it and I was like, okay. Same, but it's been four months, not 25 minutes. I could have lived with 25 minutes. I was like, I need this charger. I'm flying to Chicago tomorrow. This do you leave essential. when do you leave tomorrow yeah at the crack of dawn i think my flight boards at like 5 25 it's real brutal it's real brutal Mar- marco starts work at 10 a.m central so he works remote but i did i was did want him to also pick me up from the airport versus like his brother picking me up or something so by the time and he lives like an hour away from the airport so by the time he like picks me up and drive back will probably be you know just in time um i also like i'm working east coast hours still so i don't want to get in too late you know yeah so it's not ideal to be flying like super super early but i think i will see the sunrise that's so, so pretty you gotta, I know, take, I know. You gotta <laughs> take a video out of the window, the window you probably yeah. won't have a window seat though no i did i moved my f- seat to a window seat i had booked an ILC and then I moved to window because I just came across this other um, video that I took of a sunrise from like a couple years ago in a flight when I was flying back to California and it's beautiful and I'm like oh, I might as well if I'm gonna be up that or not <laughs> you know better make I'm, it worthwhile I'm gonna attempt to do it we'll see I'm on the left side of the plane yeah on a window seat I mean, if I do get upgraded, though I don't know if there's more first class seats but since it's so early I was like um fourth on the list to get upgraded Ooh. for free so i'm like if i get upgraded that would be amazing we'll all cross our fingers by the time this episode right. airs you'll have either it's only a two-hour flight but i'm like it's first class so i will take and it's basically an upgrade for free so what is the that. lucky girl syndrome um mantra do you know what that is no okay so lucky girl syndrome is something that like is going around TikTok and it's just the idea that like I'm lucky this is gonna happen I'm gonna get the oh. first class and it's gonna be such a great flight. Okay, who's who's starting this? Is this a Gen Z thing? Probably. Okay, I think all of TikTok is a Gen Z thing. Yeah, but it's just like honestly, I'm a millennial, so no offense to Gen Zs. I have brothers that are Gen Zs, love them, love love everything that they're standing for. But this lucky girl syndrome is basically <laughs> manifesting. So I was just going to say it is manifesting. It is manifesting. You, the whole, you know, just of manifesting is. But you have to say, like, I'm you, a lucky girl. <laughs> yes, but lucky girl is the outcome that they want. And with manifesting, you basically have to focus on the outcome that you want. So if you want to be lucky, that's the outcome. So when you're like, I'm a lucky girl, that's manifesting. You're just speaking aloud, which is manifesting, like focusing and speaking aloud, you know, saying out loud what you want, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, so they're just not the lucky girl syndrome. It's manifesting. They're manifesting that they're being lucky, that they're going to be lucky girls. <laughs> I'm a lucky, lucky girl. I'm going to be in first class. <laughs> and like, what is it about every generation that just likes to appropriate things from the previous? Like millennials did it to many things. Like my dad yeah. used to complain we listen to music sometimes that I really liked when I was younger and he'd be like, you know, like real 
hip-hop or like something something like rap like that was like in the 90s you know like biggie and tupac like that was like the shit and then you have like you know people that are like trying to like be that different generation and like they invented it or whatever that's this i realized i'm getting older because it's gen zers have been like so you know it's like fashion yeah. trends that are coming back and they're like wearing it for the first time it's like cargo pants are not new we no. used to wear cargo pants like it's like um the, i saw this girl on tiktok the other day and she was basically like um i have this really cool new bag i have to show it to you oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and it was on a long champ bag and she was like it's not really new a flag. style but i think <laughs> it's coming back and i was like i didn't even realize it was out of style I still yeah. have it in my closet. I think I've used it as recently as six months ago. Yeah. Because it's the best bag I own. Yeah. Marco actually asked me like a few months ago. He was like, what styles are you like excited that are like coming back? Like, is there certain things that you have? And I'm like, well, there's some styles that I've just have still been wearing because I like yeah. them. And now I guess I am realizing they're trending. Like I've been wearing platform sandals, like the full platform. Mm hmm. Since I was working at NBC, like literally yes. for the past five years, if not more, like been wearing those sandals and now they're all trending. And I'm like, well, there's certain things I like that just like now are trending again, but it's not like I'm excited they're trending because I was already like wearing it or doing well, it. Well, I think part of the platform sandal thing is you brought them back. <laughs> um, you made them trendy. Did I'm I just have putting it out there. compliments on them? <laughs> yeah, I actually saw Nisa wear a pair of platform sandals and I thought, I really need a pair of platform sandals. And <laughs> I think I might have bought a pair, but definitely I bought a pair of platform sneakers. Oh, I feel like I know multiple people that have bought platform sandals because I, not because I, well, I guess because they saw that I had them and they looked, they're super comfortable. It's like, instead of, you they're have so practical. It's the best of both worlds. It's a heel, but it's solid. So you don't have to worry about like tripping or something. Or, yeah. Which, yeah, I'm, I can be prone to too. So I'm like, this is the best of both worlds. And you can like wear them like traveling, walking like miles. And they what, work appropriate. What else are you excited for? Because I have one thing that I'm very excited. It's coming back because I couldn't find it in stores while it was out of style. Mm, okay. So the cargo pants I am really loving. So I want to find myself like a, and not just like wide jeans but like cargo pants like that material you know yeah and the pocket on the thigh mm -hmm. so i want to find myself like a pair that i really like that's also flattering because they're hard to find sometimes that are actually like oh they fit you but they're flattering you know mm -hmm. like you feel good in them that and then some crop tops like i bought a crop top last year that now there's like more of them so certain kind of crop tops with like different like not just like a basic like um spaghetti strap but like a cool like uh way that it's like cut off cool or, yeah like cool straps or like mesh shirts actually oh i love a good mesh shirt yeah, i have a couple i have like one mesh shirt that's from top shop i think that's like short sleeve and it's like has this like pat flowers or pattern on it but it's like dark so it's cool and then i have one that's long sleeve that i got in Z uh, at zara and when i was in germany or amsterdam um, and then the sleeves are mesh and like the top is mesh, but then there's material. It's like, and it's kind of like a sweetheart neck. It's cool. It's like really cool. That's exciting. So, I just ordered a blue metallic mesh top. I'm like, Ooh. I need a, I need a, specifically a blue top and it's mesh. And I think I'm going to get a bright blue bra to wear under it or a black Ooh. one because you can't go wrong with a black bra under a mesh top. Yeah. I have a bralette and that's what I wear underneath the one that's like, 
short sleeve and like all because it's like all mesh. Yeah, it's like a bralette, but it's kind of like longer, so it goes underneath my boobs. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like it's just a bra. I mean, I have both of those, but I usually wear the one that's like goes underneath my boobs. Um, but then for the other one that I have, I don't need to wear a bralette with it. I wear like a strapless bra because it has material that's like yes. sweetheart neck, so then it's not like fully see through. You know what I want to try this summer? I've seen it. It's really cute. Um, where they wear like the slip dress with the mesh shirt over top. Yeah. Kind of like a layered thing, layered t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I like a slip dress. It sounds so cute. And maybe I'll try it with my blue one because my other mesh top is long sleeve. Okay. So like slip, slip dress and long sleeve, like yeah. Well, usually. you could do like a slip dress. Well, you could that actually could work if it were like kind of chilly or something, and you just like yeah. drop that because then it would like kind of keep your arms a little bit warmer. Yeah. I'm excited Ooh. to try that. Maybe I'll try it with the blue one, the blue and the black slip dress. Um, I'm very excited for flared pants, flared yoga oh, pants to come back. Like jeans? Not flared leggings, like not flared leggings, which is what the Gen Zs are calling them. They are the flared mm. yoga pants. I'm talking about like the stretchy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pant material. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those. I love those. Pink okay. by Victoria's Secret had them when I was in high school. I had like six pairs. I wore them till the bottoms were raggedy. I now have one <laughs> pair. And for years, I like held on to them because I could not find new ones because Pink stopped selling them. Yeah. And they went out I, of style and they were like, we can't invest in these anymore. No one's buying them. But I love them so much with a pair of sneakers and like a cute little t-shirt running around running errands. It feels less naked than wearing just leggings because sometimes I'm wearing my like yeah light blue leggings and i'm like oh it feels like i don't have pants on um i am I also excited <laughs> i'm also excited for like the flared pants to come back i was a bell bottoms kid i loved a pair of bootcut jeans and they have yeah. just not been the same since skinny jeans became the popular thing i i have a pair of like dad jeans i think that's what they're called from i bought them on nordstrom but they're like wide and I, I bought them like last year. They're so comfortable. I mean, aside from the fact that I've gained a little weight, so they like are like tight on the waist. But in general, they're wi- like wide, so they're super comfortable to wear. I'm um, like I'm checking the jeans I'm wearing right now because they're like a super baggy pair of jeans from Abercrombie yeah. that I bought like last week. And they are just so perfect. I feel like the 90s grunge baby I was meant to be. I need a trainer to complete this outfit. Oh um, I have like a little black crop top on and a plaid shirt on as well. I really just went full into the 90s today. You know, you mentioning this choker, I have a choker I got for like, maybe it was in your your bridal um box i don't know I've, i feel like i got a choker somewhere and i can't remember where it came from but i kept it i like haven't thrown it away and i'm like maybe i'll start just wearing chokers again because i used to love wearing chokers yes. the tattoo and ones. style and then yeah like the little po- like little plastic. the stretchy ones yeah. yeah and then I, they went out of style and then i was like oh this is i can't wear this anymore but you're giving me inspo to like just bring out the things that i used to love wearing yeah, I want to bring back wearing candy necklaces. I love this. I'm just thinking about like the next generation where like they like see that and then they wear it like what a young age and then they bring it back too by the time you like become an adult and you just like fully embrace yourself and you're like, yes, fuck whatever people think. Like, screw uh, it. I'm just going to be do me because why not? You know, 
I saw this really funny TikTok and it was like, you know what Tums needs to get on? A candy necklace, but made of Tums. The millennials will though. love it. For real though. Yeah, I'm like, just embrace the things you used to like as a child. As long as they're, you know, not bad for society. Yeah, I think I'm ready to fully embrace everything I loved as a child. But like my mom wouldn't fund it. Like I always say, like, I was never full emo kid or a full like punk scene kid because my mom was like, I'm not paying for that. You are not getting your hair bleached. I'm not taking you to Hot Topic on a shopping spree. Like, you can go to Forever 21. You can get some clothes. It was Sears when I was, like, in junior high school. You can go to Sears, pick out some back-to-school stuff. But I am funding jeans and regular t-shirts and maybe a pair of sneakers if my foot grew. I feel like I had it pretty similar. But then when my mom got married for the second time, like, to my stepdad... Um, my, his mom had like other granddaughters too, and they just like had this like tradition where she would like take us shopping for like Christmas, and then you like pick out your stuff, and then you wrap it. Which I used to be like, oh, I don't know, it's, I'm not made surprised. But then I was always so excited to open the clothes, and they were like from limited too, so I was it, it, like matching sweatsuit sets. It was just all yeah. it, was, it was a whole thing. Um, and then I think my mom just got used to like oh it's like normal you can like do this too and then she got more open to like letting me like buy things from like Abercrombie and Hollister but I feel you with it wasn't always like that definitely not when I was younger the turnover rate of having to buy you know new clothes is ridiculous (laughs) see I didn't grow much so I was like "Mm, I can do this my foot's not growing anymore so and I would just save all of the like gifts and stuff sometimes for like like clothes basically clothes and shoes Mm -hmm. As I got older, I was able to do that. I did have a friend growing up, and her older sister was thin, and she was just not shaped the same, so they could not pass her sister's clothes down to her. So I got all of her sister's clothes, and she had a lot of limited tube clothes. It was fantastic. I I got a pair of, like, Bermuda shorts one year, but they weren't Bermuda shorts. They were pants that were obviously cut into shorts from limited tube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I am living. These are like my mm-hmm. most fancy shorts ever. Yeah. You know, you're I making love me a good hand me down. I never had hand me downs, but I'm like realizing I was quite the fashionista when I was younger because I just remember having all of these things and trying all of these new trends and always having like combat, like all of these different types of shoes, mm-hmm. like combat boots and like cool flats and just all of the about cool sandals like just the randomest things yeah because i was just like oh i like that and i'm gonna like wear that so oh. i was not a fashionista i was i'm still jeans t-shirt and a sneakers kind of girl and i love that but i've always i guess had a lot of statement pieces in my closet yeah from like a young i wore now. very notably i did wear boots up until like the fifth grade because i couldn't tie my shoes so I had to wear zipper sho- zippered shoes, and which were normally boots. So I'd be wearing mm, boots nice. well into the summer. Because um, my mom was like, when you go to school, no one's going to tie your shoe for you. Like, you either need to learn or you need to continue to wear shoes with zippers. Yeah. And I was like, I could take the easy way out. I'm just going to keep wearing the shoes with zippers. Why would I learn how to tie my shoes? I feel like if I were a child and presented with those options, I'd be like, is this a question? You yeah. mean learn something new when I don't want to learn it? Or, yeah, do the same thing. Do the same thing. For sure. And then I think I got to fifth grade and my mom was like, this is it. She was like, you can't live in sneak- in boots for the rest of your life. You need a pair of sneakers. You need to learn how to tie your shoes. 
And she was very much like, okay, we're going to sit down and do this now. This is ridiculous. You're way too old for this. Fair. Whatever. Speaking of too old for things, I was watching something on TikTok about, or maybe it was Instagram. I forgot sometimes. I feel like they have similar content. They do and don't have similar things. But um, this like whole mashup from the Oscars, right? That was the one that just happened, the Oscars? Yes. Okay, the Oscars. Um, I was like looking at you being like, correct me, please, if I'm wrong. (laughs) But of all these women, and one of the women, like the Asian woman who won was- Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, where she was like, you know, kind of like, it's never too late to go after Mm -hmm. your dreams. And I was like, oh, that's so inspiring. Okay, so I cannot watch award shows. They make me sob cry. They make me cry so hard. Yes. Well, also just like- the idea of it, like these people, most of the time, work so hard. They've been at it for years. This is something that they've like dreamed of and worked towards. And for some of them, eluded them for many years between not being able to book jobs or just being nominated and like losing consistently. Like Leonardo DiCaprio took him for damn ever. But <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's worthy of an Oscar. But he is a really good representation of this, like, continuously getting nominated and not winning. Yeah. So they make me cry so hard because it's just, it's it's like the peak of these these people's careers. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, I want to know whether you've always felt this way. Like, because sometimes recently, I have noticed sometimes I watch things that I've watched before. But then re-watching it, I have a different perspective now. Now that I've, like, basically started this podcast mm-hmm. and found and been able to like start to live out this passion that I've thought about and talked about and you know was a little scared to like pursue but then finally did it and so now I'm like oh when I watch things I just like you know you watch things a little differently sometimes or at least I do so you watching the award show do you think the podcast has anything to do with the your like no this is like a long-standing thing like I'd say this started in college when I first started to be like okay I think I want to go into tv I think I want to do something in this realm um I wrote a lot as a kid I was like very creative as a child and also talking to my therapist about this I was like I've always felt that there's something for me there's something that my life is working towards and I don't know what it is exactly yet, but there is this pinnacle that I am trying to reach. And I'm like 28, so like I just I don't know what it is exactly yet, but it's there. And I think when I get there, it'll be very meaningful. It'll impact my life, it'll impact other people's lives and Yeah, you'll like know that it you found it versus like yeah feeling yeah. void, like there's something that's still missing not yeah yet. like there's something eluding me like there's something out there and I just need to reach out and get it mm-hmm. and I feel like the Oscars is that for people like that is mm-hmm. what they've been working towards or oh, even just sure. like winning an Emmy or winning like a people's choice award like those are less than winning an Oscar so I've heard I have not won any of them but <laughs> yeah I, I'll like take any goal. award you give me it's this goal that you have and it depends on, yeah, definitely your, whatever your passion is and things, you know, it'll, it can depend. Yeah. Like for some people it's like launching a podcast and having a podcast that's very popular and 
you know, being able to winning the X games or the Olympics, the Olympics also make me cry. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I do tear up with the speeches, especially if they're like heartfelt. Yes. Those will make me like this, this year's ceremony. Like there were a lot of like firsts and women empowerment and that was really nice. And that, that stuff makes me tear up. Also, like, the representation that was, like, able to be achieved. Somebody posted um, Halle Berry, who's the mm-hmm. first woman of color to win an Oscar, presented the Oscar to Michelle Yeoh, who is the only, the second woman to have won an Oscar. A, a woman of color, sorry. I mean, the Yeah, yeah. No, I know you're saying. Yeah. 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 So yeah. they were, like, super and meaningful. And it's been 20 crazy. years, I think, since Halle Berry won. So it's wild that it's taken 20 years. For us to award minority person essentially, who is extremely talented for us for the academy to recognize them. It's kind of fucking crazy. But a huge, a huge deal. The fact that it's happened again and it's it's exciting and hopefully it keeps happening more often because there are lots of people that are not white that are very talented that deserve to be recognized. So I feel like they need to be looked at for, like, who they are, you know? I also think, too, like, I more people of color will continue to win as they're given more opportunities. Like, it's not even that, like, people of color have been, like, left out of the nominations or left out of winning. They just haven't been even given a seat at the table being in the movies to be given the chance to be nominated. So, like, I think it's both. Yeah. I think sometimes depending on the people getting to decide, it's like how could you expect people who don't have to deal – Some, I mean it's not for everyone not because some people are very cultured and you can come from different backgrounds and be like aware of other cultures and sensitive to that. But also like I feel like traditionally the academy has been white skewed yes. and certain demographic and like economic – you know, just all of that. So they're not even conscious to be like – DEI friendly like think of diversity and inclusion and equity for all like ethnicities and races and you know so I feel like it's it's a little bit of both it's a little bit of both and then also if you think about it the people that are in the academy making these decisions are also the people that are casting the movies in some cases yeah so So like they're closing the door on both ends oh totally yeah but it is very exciting for her She's, yeah. like, older. I mean, it's inspiring also to see someone that's older. Everybody that mm-hmm. won was older this year. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, I did see. I honestly, I don't even want to get into it because I don't know enough as of now. But I did see some random thing about someone, people giving her grief for whatever she said. But I didn't see what she said. So I'm like, I can't really. Yeah. She said something. I'll give you a little, like, what stuck out to me. is She was very much, like. I am winning this award, but I am the culmination of hundreds of people's influence on me and who I've become and, like, what I do. So it's not just an award for me. It's everyone that I've interacted with. Like, everybody has influenced me to be the best version of me. Okay. And so here I am. Why, why were people... I actually yeah. haven't heard people that were given her grief. Oh, I didn't hear I that part. Some random things today, but I, I, I didn't pay any attention to it. I'll, I will look this up and update. Even though it'll be old news by next episode, but at least I'll update you. Thank you. I must know what they're giving her grief for. Right? I was like, come on, Jamie Lee Curtis, Freaky Friday? Like, what? I mean, she had a pretty controversial 
point in the like early 2000s. I don't think people really wanted to work with her. She got divorced. Um, it's not because she got divorced. She had like a wild drug problem, which oh. led to her divorce and led to okay. people not wanting to work with her. I see. Um, okay. Oh, God forbid people getting divorced. Like, <laughs> what, is this what year is it? Yeah, I know, right? Sometimes we are in backward times. Oof, I have, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, but not today. I feel like we're towards the end of the episode. So if we go there, it'll just Take go us on. Too long. But we can go there another day. We did, it's definitely something we should talk about at some point because I'm sure many people want to hear different perspectives and it's also different when you're in new york sometimes i find when you're around so many people that are tend to be more open-minded um versus like even sometimes i talk to my family and the things like happen in california and like in the suburbs you're like in a little bubble you know yeah so. i wouldn't say i'm the most open-minded person but i think there's definitely things that come up where i'm like oh i didn't realize people had that close-minded of an opinion on that like it never occurred to me that like people would be against things um like oh my god even just like very very small because like we should all be like totally normal to this at this point but like gay rights my uncle my one uncle is gay and my parents were never like shy about that when we were kids like they'd be like oh he lives with his boyfriend and we'd be like oh interesting okay that grand piano they have is pretty cool though uh you think we can play that next time we go over well, what about that and i will be like do not touch that. That is expensive. I and love it. Like, it. Never, it was never a conversation. Like they never sat yeah. us down and were like, this is it. It was just like fact. They never othered them. They just let you be a normal. Yeah. Treat them like human beings. We never and, questioned it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, okay. kids don't question those things. They just, you know, they don't know to. No. Or they do, but they're giving, they're given answers that are also not, you know, with prejudice. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I just didn't realize growing up that that was something that was othered ever. Yeah. Um. So I was like, oh, okay. That was a learning experience. <laughs> like, Yeah, for I sure. Think that's something that people like baseline are like, yeah, that's a thing. And I was like, no idea. Wasn't, wasn't aware. That's crazy. I feel like I, I wasn't aware of it either. And I didn't grow up around it really at all, but. I still watch things on TV and was like, okay. And my parents never mentioned anything really. And then came to New yeah. York and, you know, very inclusive. So that's just me, my long-winded way of saying we should talk about some of these things because it's, I think it is good to spread more perspectives, especially ones that are very inclusive because Lord knows we have a lot of people who live in the suburbs and the thinking sometimes I'm like, what? Is this your reality? Wild. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of episode six. It's been great to be with you guys today. The day that we're recording is actually our one month anniversary from when we first launched the podcast. So that is very exciting. Look at us a month in. We're not even fighting like a married couple yet. I know. Not yet. We're in the honeymoon stages still. <laughs> it's still early. We're like re-honeymoon stages because we used to work together and then we stopped working together. So now we're like, you know, got to like yeah, do yeah. a whole honeymoon stage. So we have a while to go. <laughs> I'm, I've been dating Marco for actually a year. It just happened from like when we started talking and we're still in the honeymoon stage. So I'm feeling good about this. 
trying to think of how long my honeymoon stage lasted with Kevin. I want to say three years just because, like, it was college and it was all fun times. And then we moved out and, like, it hit hard. I love that it's three years because I we're a year in and I'm not ready for 10. So, yeah. I think you find it in different ways. For Reality sure. hits at some point, but. It's all perspective, too. Thank you guys for listening. We're excited to be back next week. If you're listening for the first time, feel free to catch up on our episodes and listen to all of them. Rose is discovering new music and movies in pretty much every other episode. So (laughs) enjoy that. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Music and editing done by Marco Aguilar. You can find him at midnight, M-I-D-N-I-T-E underscore mind eight zero on Instagram for more of his work.